0: Well, good morning, everybody, a warm welcome to you, to Divine Church, and uh, if you have a Bible with you, could you open it at Deuteronomy chapter 11, please, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Stephen, can you drop this laptop for me here, please, if you don't mind? Deuteronomy chapter 11. My message today is called Quality Street quality street. God has, from the beginning of time, a plan to transform the quality of life every single one of His children are experiencing. And we're going to look at that. But you know, there's not a day goes by that ancient Hebrews don't have a word or context for the word coincidence, everything for them is divine. And you, you know, as you begin to look up for that passage and we prepare, I'm just going to take a couple of minutes before I start, because the Vine Church has met many people through the years who have transformed the quality of life of human beings, We've been allowed to be a little part of that around the world, and probably two of the people that would be personal heroes of mine and also we see have given their life to transform the quality of life of human beings on the earth would be Pastor Dan and Joy Irvin. How many can remember them? Come on. Raise your hand if you can remember them. God because the shock of my life came, of the week came, when I walked in this morning to discover Pastor Dan's brother and friends are here with us this morning. I want to invite them to the platform for a few minutes. Give it up for Pastor Dan's brother Brian and the family and friends. Bring them all up, brother. Bring them all up. Bring them all. Up. You know, God, God. Everything in him is divine, and you never know why people show up or what shows up, but, man, I nearly collapse with joy. And I uh, they they got a chance to go to Haiti recently and, and get a wee update of what's happening and, 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 uh, with the lemonade thing and all the other amazing things, Sean Swan and different ones are up to over there. How many of you guys have been to Haiti or been, stand up, stand up if you've been in Haiti or been involved in Haiti? Yeah, we got Dr. Allison outside as well. Those guys. Give it up for those guys. Great. What a, you know, you remember when the earthquake happened. Remember Justin calling us and saying, be at the airport on Monday with your passport. we got one ton of medicines to carry to Haiti. We arrived in Miami. Just a wee bit tired. And two men showed up like angels and took care of us and walked us through. And that's when I first met yourself, Brian, wasn't it? Absolutely amazing. And uh, so, Brian, just bring
1: greetings and give us a little update of your visit to um... Good morning from Florida. I'm sorry I didn't bring some sunshine with, with us, but uh, the pilot, when we left Orlando, uh, said when you land in Scotland, he said, be prepared to get all four seasons in one day. And uh, he didn't. Uh, disappoint us, but uh, greetings in the name of Jesus. Um, Like Pastor said, all over the world, his name is being honored this morning. Whether here, whether in Florida, whether in Haiti, and we're just one small part of that. But isn't it awesome to be the hands and feet of Jesus? And like you sang about and like it was mentioned, every day, all day. Every day, all day. The fighter last night. What a honor to represent Jesus Christ to the world. To the world. Uh, John and Anu are our, our dear friends. And a, uh, about a year ago, they came to us and said that... Uh, we would like for our 25th wedding anniversary to give back, do you know anywhere you could go? And I said, oh, yes, Haiti. <laughs> didn't didn't even stutter. And uh, so we were able to go over there, and uh, we did several projects, um, helped Dan with a water project and some carpentry projects. Uh, Debbie was able to uh, take a devotional to the, a packed room full of nursing students that are pursuing to get their nursing degree. Anu was able to go and uh, to where they're teaching uh, English as a second language. And uh, the hospital wasn't quite open, but since then we got word that it is open, it is functioning. We did get to see the generator, Uh, the president's wife uh, for Haiti came to visit and said, what can we do? And you know how shy and bashful Dan is. Uh, He said we could use a generator A few days later She had a generator delivered to the hospital And uh, so God is alive And God is well Thank you for letting us uh, worship with you this morning I do have to tell you one story We're in the van We have all the medicine in the back And we're traveling from Miami And all these guys are Sleepy They've been all over Scott They've been you know, busy busy And I just looked at him. I am a law enforcement officer. And uh, so I just looked back at him and I pulled my badge out and I said, if we get stopped hauling all this medicine, I'm working undercover. You all going to jail. They They all woke up. Thank you again for letting us worship with you.
2: I just really want to thank this church. Anu and I, probably one of the biggest things on our trip to Haiti was touring the old hospital and that new hospital was so desperately needed I mean I'm sure Anu would agree with me we were I thought I was prepared for a third world hospital I'm a nurse I was not prepared I really wasn't but to get to see that brand new building and see what this church has done. And like Brian said, just a couple of weeks after we were there, they got to admit their first patients into that. I'm in awe of this church for what you have done for people that desperately needed it. So thank you so much. Thank
0: you very much. great.
1: Thank you very much for the hospital at Haiti. I have never seen such despair in my life, and I've been in pretty bad places. So be proud of yourselves.
0: Hey, these guys, come all all the way to see us. Wonderful. Before you go, before you go, before you go, before you go, sister, two things I want to say, brother. Uh, One is that you you, you can never come to Scotland and not go home without a tartan scarf. But more importantly more importantly the attacks on your life the attacks on you guys and the difficulties and the battles and the struggles that you've the hills you've had to climb to be in the land of blessing what the lord shows me is you're going home with a new mantle a whole new mantle a whole new level of favor a whole new level of anointing and You already have been used amazingly, but it's going up sevenfold. He he told me an amazing story that there was a Dr. Swan. He just gave me an amazing update. Had a vision to impact 10 villages, but his board didn't back them. I told some of the story. And uh, we encouraged him, yeah, go for 10 cities. And I thought it would take him 10 years. and, And Brian just told me this morning... They're already impacted all 10 villages.
1: Would that be right? My, my brother in law and Dr. Sean are trying to improve the health um, in the villages of Lagwinov. And they were able to, um, Pastor Jimmy said, he said, if you only want to attack one village, he said, you don't need God. He said, "Why not do 10 villages in 10 years? Then it has to truly be a God thing." And a few weeks ago, my brother called all excited, "In just two years, they have reached 11 villages of Lagunov. Thousands, thousands have given their life to Christ. And instead of, instead of 10 villages in 10 years, they're claiming the entire island of Lagunov. Right. What we're saying, Brian, in the
0: same way that you saw that, his thing went up one to ten. Yours all for you influence is going up sevenfold. You're going home with the number seven on your backs, whether you like it or not. God bless you, brother. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Now we're ready for the word of God. Why don't we all do a weird thing and stand up in honor of the Word of God for a wee change as we read it? We're going to read the full chapter. We're going to meditate on it because I believe it's possible to make a single decision every day, a single decision today that could transform your quality of life and everybody else around you Forever. You could equally make a decision today that would set back your quality of life and everybody around you forever. When God decided to send his son Jesus, he made a decision to do something that could transform the quality of life for every lost soul on the planet. So that's where we're going today. In Deuteronomy 11, let's just Take a couple of minutes to walk through this together. Let the Word of God permeate, strengthen, open up, convict, and do what a sword does for us. Verse 1 Love the Lord your God and keep His requirements, His decrees, His laws, His commands always. Remember today that your children never actually saw. Or experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, His majesty, and His outstretched arms. Your children never actually saw the signs He performed, the things He did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh and the king uh, and the whole country. Or what He did to the Egyptian army, what He did to the horses, the chariots, how He overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. It was not your children who saw what he did for you in the wilderness until you arrived at this place. And what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the Reubenite, when the earth opened up its mouth in the middle of all Israel, and it swallowed them with their households, their tents, and every living thing that belonged to them. But it was your own eyes that saw these things the Lord has done." Verse 8, observe therefore all the commands I've given you today, so you might have the strength to go in and take the land you're crossing, the Jordan, to possess. So you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give you and them their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey, a different quality of life. The land you're entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt, which you have come from, where you planted your seed and you irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you're crossing into the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven." beautiful statement. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning to end. So, if, and that's a big one, you faithfully obey the commandments I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God, serve Him with all your heart and soul, then I'm going to send rain. That's a great thing about our roof. You always hear the rain more rain, Lord. Then I'll send rain on your land and its season, both autumn and spring rain, so you may gather in your grain, new wine, and olive oil. I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you'll even be satisfied. Be careful, or you'll be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, Something you rarely hear preached in churches these days, but it happens. And he will shut the heavens so it won't rain, and the ground will produce no crops. Fix these words, verse 18, of mine, in your hearts, your minds. Tie them as symbols on your hand and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you wake up. Write on the door frames of your houses and your gates, so that your days of your children may be many in the land sworn to give to your ancestors, as many as the days of the heavens above the earth. Verse 22, here comes that word again. If you carefully observe all these commands I've given you to follow, to love the Lord your God, walk in obedience to Him, and to hold fast to Him, then the Lord will drive out these nations before you, and dispossess nations larger and stronger than you. Every place where you set your foot will be your territory, extending from the desert Lebanon, from the Euphrates River, to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand up against you. The Lord your God has promised you He'll put terror and fear on, of you on the whole land wherever you go. See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse, the blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God I'm giving you today, the curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from what I command you. Verse 29, we're almost there. When the Lord your God has brought you into the land you're entering to possess, you're to proclaim on Mount Gerizim the blessings and on Mount Ebal the curses. As you know, these mountains are across the Jordan westward towards the setting sun near the trees of Moreh in the territory of those Canaanites living in the Arab, in the vicinity of Gilgal. You're to cross the Jordan, enter it, take possession of it. When you've taken over it and learn there, when you've taken it over, be sure. Be sure. Here comes the if and the sure again. That you obey all the decrees and laws I'm setting before you today. The quality of life for God's people was horrendous. God has a plan to give them a prescription to take them into a different quality. Let's applaud God for His Word this morning. Take a seat, please. Take the seats, please. God... touching the heart of His people. He's given them the secrets, not only to a quality better of life, but to the secrets to ensuring their children enter that quality of life and don't fall off the wagon. It's a bit like you know when you're in the swimming pool and they come along to test that swimming pool and they take a sample. Nowadays, it's gone up a gear. They don't use that anymore in most places. They have a little strip, a strip test. And on that strip test, they dip it in and pull out it. They look at it for 15 seconds. That strip test, it tests three or four things so that the quality of the water will bless you and not kill you. This Deuteronomy 11 is like a three-fold litmus test to live by. We're told never to test the Lord except in the area of giving, but the Lord tests us, and we face these tests every single day. And in this passage, there are three tests you face every day in life. Three challenges, and each time you respond godly in the test, you develop three muscles, and you can develop these three spiritual muscles in your children that will see them through every storm. Anytime you take out a contract, whether it's a bank loan, a car, or whatever, it may be a three-pound book on Amazon. There's a little square box at the bottom. And it doesn't matter what you do, if you don't stick a tick in that box, you could pay your money, do you like, but you're not getting the contract. The little box says, do you agree to these terms and conditions? <laughs> there are millions of Christians floating around, think they just can dream a dream, believe a belief, confess it, dress it, bless it, and it's going to happen. And have never, ever, ever come to the place where, how many have been honest? How many have seen that, do you agree with the terms and conditions, and you've just ticked it, you've not even read it? Come on, be honest. This, exactly, I do it every time. My wife goes crazy. She reads that thing like three times over I say, it's a three-pound book, sweetheart. Come on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. we got so many disillusioned people. The book hasn't showed up, and they don't know why. They're they're waiting on the feelings. They're waiting on the angels. They don't know why. But, oh, yeah, they've done everything. They pray, they sing and dance, and they, they, they give their tithes but they've never, ever, ever visited that little box and take that box deep in their hearts forevermore. That little box that says, do you agree with the terms and conditions? You cannot find a single promise in the Bible that doesn't have a little box attached to it, a little condition that says to you, yes, this is happening if you will obey how many people would agree with that? Come on, guys. It's very simple. And, 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 And people, God doesn't want His people to trip up. He doesn't want the children. You know, He's saying, look, your children can still get the blessing even though they didn't see all the supernatural. They can still get that thing if you tick the box, if you agree with the terms and conditions. And I hear, I hear, I read I mean, there are hundreds of books written by dissolution people on this and this and this and this and this and this, and, this and, this. and I'm like I'm like, "Hey, what is in you know what conditions did you read? What terms did you read? Did you read any? Because mind says that when you give up your life to God, you give up your rights, and you become like job. Who says, even if you slay me, yet will I bless the Lord. I have labeled these three tests OCD. (laughs) We are told there is such a thing on this earth as OCD. I'm not so sure. Anyway, I'll introduce our own one. OCD. Three conditions God builds into this passage. Number one, O is for obey. If anyone is ignored, not ticked or violated, it's that one. The second one is combat. Combat. As soon as I met Brother Brian this morning... All I could think of straight away was, I went to give him a hug, but I remember the first thing he did when he took us to a house in Miami was, took us to the house, were you there at night, Charlie? And they opened this door, and I've never seen so much artillery, guns. We know Americans like guns. But this this cupboard was filled from top to bottom. I thought... I'm tired, but I don't know if I can sleep tonight. And uh, so, I gave Brian a hug, but he didn't know is I was checking his back to see if any of these guns were, you know. And, um, but but God is saying, you know, Jesus had artillery in his arson when the devil came. That artillery, those guns were the Word of God. And the reason he's saying, get this Word of God and the promises of God deep through your being and get them deep through the being of every one of your children is because when the gunfighter shows up, they're going to have to know how to take them at the game. And Jesus did it by continually quoting the Word of God. And so, God's saying, get this artillery inside you and get it inside you. Your children. you can't obey the word of God if you don't know it. And so in verse 26, he says, "Look, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. Blessing if you obey the commands. This is not cheap grace. The church is almost drunk on cheap grace in Europe at the moment. But this is the real deal. This is just raw Word of God. If you obey the commands of the Lord i am giving you today, your quality of life. If you disobey the commands, your quality of life. So it's quality street if you obey, but it's nightmare street if you disobey. And you know something... I'm talking to myself probably more so than I'm talking to you. Because I used to think as a young Christian, you get mature when you get older. Well, your hair matures, your belly matures, but you could still be like a little child. And some of the brothers went in a musketeer event last week. Stand up, the brothers. the Stephen, Ty, Aaron, who else? And and Matt. (laughs) I'm telling you something, I learned for the first time what, I'm digressing, apologies, I learned for the first time what that verse means, a brother is born for adversity in the mountains. I don't think I've ever struggled so much in my life. Seventy-two hours, the brothers completed, we completed half, but those brothers carried me, spiritually, emotionally, every. My lungs shut down after one hour up the mountain. I'm legless, exhausted. But those brothers physically carried my stuff. They carried me in faith and prayer. And I thought, I have learned the depths of that verse like I've never known it my whole life before. This guy, Matt, this guy, Stephen, David Arnott, Ty Crandall, and on the other guys, the other guys taught me a depth of that verse. You could never learn any other way. Let's applaud the Lord for these awesome brothers. Awesome brothers. The Word of God went deep in me that day. But I had a weak moment. I had a few, actually. But I figured these guys, everyone's a secret on extreme weekend. I figured, ah, they'll get us up at 5.30 in the morning, some fried eggs, couple hours, walk, and then we'll have a shindig for the rest of the day. We started walking, I think it was half six, (laughs) over this mountain. I'd never climbed a mountain in my life, over this mountain, this mountain. We're climbing from 6.30, I believe. We get to stop now, you know, for a bit. But at at 10 o'clock at night, the guy announces after 15 and a half, 16 hours climbing the mountains, Okay, all we need to do now, guys, is cross to the other side of that loch. That's all we've got to do for the days out. And then when you get there, climb to the top of that mountain and pitch your tent on the snow. One brother who's half blind came up with a genius idea. Why don't we sing a mason grace? Because we're going to need it. He sang Amazing Grace, the power of God, fell on that Dutch uh, Dutch person. And uh, he decided, he looked at our motley crew. David Arna had, walked crippled for about ten, hour, 10 hours at this point. You know, we, and we're struggling. He decided, no, this lot's never going to make it. So he, he extended grace and mercy to us. And and Matt and the guys, they still hiked on till two, I think it was two in the morning. No, I got to the camp and this wonderful American brother greeted us and uh, we had some ideas what we were going to do, but he was in military mode. He's like, no, 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 no. It's like he's been given instructions. You know, one of those guys are so brilliant, they give you the impression they're listening to you, but you know fine well, you haven't got a ghost chance. He has his plan. I got a little bit grouchy and a little bit, oh, come on, man, give me a break, you know. I know you're military, but um, we got some medical advice. He's not having any of it. He sees through every one of our scams. But I didn't get a chance to apologize to him because I was a little bit grouchy. I didn't need to because three days later, I got an email from my best friend in America, Pastor Danny Duran, totally at the blue totally blue. He says, Jimmy, I heard you met my best friend in the mountains of Scotland. And I said, how close a friend is he? He said, he lives two doors from me. <laughs> you know that verse that says, be sure your sins will find you out? I said, did he tell you how sinful I was to him, how grumpy and moany I was? And you think, how many billions of people on the earth you can't escape this condition. It's going to get you, 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 no matter how you try to dodge it. Many people, you know Christians, we've done it ourselves, so we're not judging. They think they can simply live life in immorality. They can, a bit of lie here, a bit of cheating there, a bit of complaint, a bit of betraying, a bit of rumor mongering, a bit of committing any sin, whatever they like. And they think, well, it's all right. As long as I tithe, as long as I read my Bible, But you know, God, God just waits because it only takes one single premeditated act of disobedience like that to block the flow. And He gives you an opportunity to confess it privately like I didn't, and then He goes public on you on the other side of the world. And so, I want to be clear before we go any further, when I talk about the quality of life, I'm not talking about earthly or temporal riches. I'm talking about an inner peace, an inner contentment, an inner joy of Jesus Christ that will flood your being no matter what test comes your way when that beautiful young lady in California woke up just not long after celebrating her 18th wedding anniversary, her husband leaned over. He had one of those uniforms on, American uniforms with the beautiful brass buttons. The buttons were gleaming like his hairline and everything about them. And she gave him a hug and a kiss and saw him off to work. And off he went to work, and um, a little later, she opens her Bible. She opens her Bible, as we all do for that moment of blessing. And the, f- the moment she opened her Bible, her whole life collapsed in a split second. Because the phone rang And through a series of circumstances, to let her know she will never see her husband again. He was the co pilot, Tom McGuinness, on the very first plane, I believe, that hit the Twin Towers in America. And she just opened her Bible. But she amazingly demonstrates the truth in this passage she had a choice. Her choice was to obey God, improve the quality of life of her children, and improve the quality of every young person she met as she toured America and different countries, giving glory to the goodness of God, though the circumstances had been dreadful. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ for Mrs. McGinnis. So, when the circumstances may be one way, but it doesn't take your freedom away to take the box and say, no matter what, I'm not quitting. Time's moving on, so I'm going to got some of this out, but what I want to say today is that the second thing to build in our lives in children, and one of the brothers who made the trip passed this on to me from one of the top of the hills in Glencoe, he said a young Dutchman came to him and said, you know what the problem is? The problem is not you men are struggling. The problem is, as believers, we've forgotten how to fight. If you're making notes, put the second one down there very quickly. The word combat. The word combat. Observe verse 8, it says. Observe all the commands I'm giving you today so you have the strength to go in and take the land. When Jesus was led into the wilderness, he didn't just quit. You know something? Something. By nature, quitting was my hobby. And God is speaking to generations of people here. Most of them are quitters. You know, we live in a society now that's gone so soft. Quitting is a hobby for so many people. How many kids, do you know, give up their university course and change it three times before they're finished? but we're told to observe the commands so we got something to fight with. Because in John 10.10 it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you have a different quality of life. I have come that you have life and life abundantly. It's brilliant. So Jesus is... We're seeing from the Word of God that it's possible to get robbed. It's possible in the middle of it all to get robbed. I made a very bad decision 50 years ago. Very bad decision. Didn't even realize I'd made it. But I reckon it has robbed me of a quality of life for 50 years. I'm embarrassed about this confession, but I'm going to make it. Because, at 13 years of age, our school took us to my first mountain, Ben Lomond. Halfway up the hill, I was beginning to struggle. I didn't know I was battling asthma at the time. In those days, you just, you just, you just got the flu or something. You didn't, you didn't, didn't go to see doctors and stuff. Halfway up the mountain, I'm collapsing, and then. A young man was worse than me, and the teacher said, I need a volunteer. I need a volunteer to stay and take care of the sick man. And I said, I'll volunteer, because I don't have what it takes. I've had 50 years of invitations to go skiing, snowboarding, shooting moose in Alaska, ice fishing in the north of Sweden. I have turned down one Thousand wonderful invitations for all kinds of outdoors things because deep down inside here, I made a decision based on the robber's lie you don't have what it takes for strenuous stuff. Even though the brothers carried my stuff for most of the 16 hours, after 16 hours of trekking through the mountains. And with the help of people like David Cochran and things who did pre-runs for us, I was absolutely shocked that I did have what it takes and my quality of life for the next 30 years is going to be radically different. I don't have a bucket list because I'm kicking nobody's bucket. I have a basket case And I'm going to put hoops through that basket for the rest of my life. And God is saying today, what decision did you make that put limits on yourself and limits on your God? What decision? They said you couldn't make it. She said you couldn't do it. He said you're not up to it. The devil said this, this, this. Take a moment to seriously, seriously think this one through because I meet so many people at this stage, somebody said this, and somebody said that, somebody said that, and you can build that, your life on that and be robbed of a quality of life, and God has come to readdress that and say, don't swallow that no more. Get the Word of God deep down in you. When the devil brings that lie, when people bring that lie, when situations bring that lie, you rise up and fight with the Word of God like you've never fought in your life before. Amen? Let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to finish with this one. Stephen Heather could you come to the platform please the third one we're going to do this quickly the third one is depend in verse 11 and 12 of that passage it said one of the most fantastic things especially in this land of Scotland It said, the land you're crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. That's so beautiful. All of God's dealings with you and I is to get us to stop depending on our own strength or anybody else's all of it. And God will crush us, slay us, break us down, take us to the end of ourselves, till there's absolutely nothing left of us. Because when God gets you and me to the place that the mountains and valleys have already got to, you're in a whole new quality of life. So when things go wrong for you, do we respond like Tom McGuinness's wife? Or do we drink from the well of disappointment? Do we drink, you know, when the, good, the buzz feelings don't show up, and the angel don't show up, and the money don't show up, and the wife don't show up, and the dog don't show up, and the cat don't show up, and every other stinking thing shows up? In that moment, what well do we drink from? what well do we drink from? Do we like the mountains and the valleys go? Well, stuff happens, but me and my hose are plugged in and wired to heaven. Our rain, our dependence, our spirit, our power, our love, our joy comes from the heaven. And that is all I'm going to depend on for the rest of my cooking days. Let's give a applause to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. There came a moment. And you know, you think, why is this happening? Why is that happening? God is breaking down your independence right now. He's breaking down your independence. He's breaking it down. He's breaking it down because He wants to bring us to that place of peace and trust like you've never been to before. There came a moment when Ty Crandall, Aaron Dowd's and myself, Stephen Heather, and David Arnett, after an exhausting, exhausting time, sat in a fourth musketeer van that was ready to take us off to the mountains to our cars. This guy, I'm not kidding you, I could say it to any one of them, unbelievable hero in the moment of testing and trial. He's had many, many trials in life, many trials, battled out here, you know, I'll show you, raised a beautiful little girl on his own since she was four years of age, four years of age. Cost Many people said when we were going to go on that weekend, I had a cost is too high. This man was the first to sign up. He just signed up just lost his job, lost all kinds, you know, but I watched him hour after hour after hour carry a rucksack that was bigger than King Kong's. And then came a moment, we woke up, it was rainy, it was damp, it's half five, the Dutch are shouting at you, you got ten minutes to get ready. And Stephen says, my ankles don't work no more, the tendons I think it was, Stephen, they don't work no more, I have to go home. I can't walk no more, I have to go home. If it wasn't so painful, it would have been a funny moment. But they're in the bus, him and David, you know, that little smile on your face. Soon we'll be drinking brewed coffee. And those Dutch guys came along and said, Excuse me, sir, what are you doing in the bus? He says, Well, I can't walk. And they said, But we don't run a taxi service. I can't be seen as a coach to encouraging quitting. I can't be seen to do that so get out the bus I'll never forget David Arnott's face when he looked at me like a three-year-old wee boy looking up at his daddy he said (laughs) he he looked at me like holding back the tears he's like what's going on (laughs) like a beautiful tender hearted shepherd I went I'm no in charge Nothing to do with me, Kimo Sabe. But this guy, I was thinking, how is Stephen going to... What is he going to... He's going to lie in that Dan cold tent all day for 10 hours with David and this and that and this and that. What did you do?
2: Um, once I got off the, um, the, the bus, we had like a sort of 25-minute prayer kind of thing. And uh, I don't know, I just kind of decided that... Uh, I was being kind of selfish in a way. It's so the whole uh, the whole experience was about Jesus and things like that, and the way he carried the cross and things like that. And what I thought was like the pain that Jesus went through carrying the cross is nothing compared. It's nothing to, compared to what my ankles feel. And um, so yeah, we all had kind of a wee prayer and things like that. We prayed for David, and prayed for myself, prayed for the others, uh, Matt and things like that. Um, so, yeah. I, um, the first day, the guy actually came up to me and goes, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay here or are you going to carry on? And I was like, well, what do you think I should do? And he's like, well, it's up to yourself. And everything was telling me to quit. But um, I just said, right, I'm going to do this. And I've done it. And we walked for about 12 hours on Sunday my, that day, uh, up these massive mountains. And then um, right right at the end... Um, we kind of, we had to all pick up a rock and this rock was to represent all our worries, our issues and things like that, carried up to the top of this massive mountain and the experience was just so strong and then we just put it at the bottom of the cross and everything was okay You know, and I'm still absolutely buzzing um, about that experience
0: so yeah so wait one moment, you said you said My legs don't work. You're in the bus. You're dreaming of the coffee. Mm -hmm. I can go no further. You got out, you prayed, and you walked 12 more hours over the mountains. There is a rumor you've actually signed up for the next one in October. Is that right? I'm going to sign up for it, yes. Give it up. Come on. top man. (laughs) You know. Hey. We've all been there, guys. We've all been there. Let's stand together, please. We're going to close with this prayer. Time's gone on. I appreciate your patience. But, you know, We've all been there. It's seized. My feet seized. My emotions are seized. My heart seized. My feet seized. My faith is seized. My joy's been seized. My situation's been seized. My marriage has been seized. One young man came with us and he he was tripping over almost every rock in sight. A friend, a young man who got saved here at 14, I think he's 54 now. And as we were walking down the mountain, he said, I have a confession to make. I've been keeping a secret for 40 years. I'm 100% blind in one eye. He was so ashamed of it, he never told anybody in 40 years. 40 years. And Stephen said, I know he was blind in one eye because he knocked me down twice. <laughs> never saw him. And that man was like in agony, tripping, and, but he carried on, he carried on. And he was so looking forward to being here. And his stepdad died the day he got home, and he caught a flight to Spain to comfort his mother. You've all been there, guys, but don't depend on feelings. Don't lean on your understanding ever give up all self-dependence, self-working and out. Give up everything inside you that says you will decide how God will bless you. We wait for the rain. We wait for the blessing. We wait for the angels. Very often, it comes in the form of a a size 10 up your butt. Physically, Stephen didn't do that to me and the brothers, but They got the message through. Let's close our eyes. Let's just take a moment. Just think for a moment, if you have ever made a decision in your life that has limited your quality of life and the quality of life of those around you, Think for a moment how you've expected God to do things, and He never, ever, ever does them the way you expect them. But He comes in His love and in His power and His joy in His very own way. If you've never done it before, you may be a Christian 25 years, but you've never, ever ticked the box of terms and conditions. You've never, ever actually said, I'm going to obey you no matter what comes my way. I'm going to combat like I've never combated before with the Word of God. I'm going to depend on you, trust in you, believe in you, and spend the rest of my days like the mountains and the valleys, looking to heaven for my reign, for joy, for peace, for freedom. Kick off that depression today. Kick off that disappointment today. Kick off that tendency to look at circumstances and look at Jesus because he is so, so amazing. He will never leave or forsake you. Holy Spirit, in this moment, touch every single person with your supernatural power and give them the strength to OCD like they have never done in their lives before. In Jesus' name, we give you all the glory, Almighty God. Amen and amen, and amen. Why don't you just take the next 30 seconds to turn around, and give somebody a hug with the love of Jesus, a high five, say hello. Come on, shake that.